everybody. Good morning. Awesome. Uh, it's good to see all you here. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it always good to be here? I think it is. I think it is. Uh, a few announcements for us before we uh, move on today. Uh, some of the normal things. Um, Wednesday night, or first off, how could I forget? After the service today, uh, we have a plot blessing meal that we invite you all to uh, join us in, to fellowship with. Um, it should be wonderful, lots of good food, I'm sure. And so you're all invited, and it'll be a good time after the service today. Uh, this week, some of the normal uh, happenings. Uh, on Wednesdays at 9 a.m., we have the touch point with Pastor Steve and Joyce. Uh, at 6 p.m., we have the youth group meeting, of course, and the kids meeting downstairs. Lots of fun and games and all sorts of good stuff happening on Wednesdays. Uh, a couple other events of the upcoming weeks to come here. Uh, on Tuesday, November 8th, uh, we vote, right? Uh, yes, yay. <laughs> uh, and I was told that there are some helpful links online. Uh, they might be, uh, they're on the, yeah, it says there that they're on the website. So if you check out the, the website, uh, you should be able to find some helpful links there on where to vote and things like that. On Sunday, December 4th, so that's about a month from now, right? Uh, Pastor Larry, Larry Dorman, our True Bridge overseer for Northern Minnesota, will be speaking for our Monday worship service. So just keep that in mind. I'm sure that uh, announcement will be up for quite a while here, up, up until December 4th. Uh, and one more, one, uh, one more here, uh, one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, on December 18th, uh, save the date, there will be a baby shower uh, taking place here for uh, Linnea, that's my wife, and me, that's me, uh, <laughs> uh, Linnea and Peter Coffin, that's us, and uh, obviously it'll be during the, the Christmas season we'll be celebrating the, the, the coming joy, right? What a, what a, uh, could there be a better time to celebrate something so good? So, uh, we're excited for that. Yay, yay, yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, and as always, the tithe boxes are on the back, uh, and we'll kind of transition here to thinking about our giving, to thinking about uh, the blessings that the Lord give, gives to us. Um, and to think about that this morning, uh, I was recently reading in the book of Exodus, and I was, came across this story I've, I've heard before, uh, but I'll read it for us this morning, and I have a few thoughts about it. Uh, and it goes like this, that all the congregation of the children of Israel um, were out on their journey in the wilderness, and according to the ca commandment of the Lord, they stopped to camp at a certain place, um, but at this certain place, there was no water for the people to drink. So the people uh, contended with Moses. They were angry and they said, give us water so that we can drink. And Moses said to them, well, why are you so angry at me? Why are you contending with me? Why are you testing the Lord today? And the people continued to thirst there for water and they complained against Moses and they said, why is it that you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with all this thirst? So Moses went before the Lord and he cried out saying, what shall I do with these people? They are very much ready to stone me, they are so angry. 
And the Lord says to Moses, Go on before the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river and parted the waters, and go. And behold, I shall stand before you there on the rock that you find, and water will come forth out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the Lord and in the sight of the Israelites, and he called that name of the place Contention, and he called that place Testing, because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying among themselves, is the Lord with us, or is he not? Uh, this story uh, uh, is maybe one that's familiar to us, the, the Israelites complaining about um, how the Lord is dealing with them and wondering um, what he's going to do, and then the Lord provides in that moment, right? Uh, and sometimes I've heard this story told, and sometimes what we focus on is, oh, the Israelites were complaining. And that, that's what, what their, their big problem was. They're a bunch of whiners out in the, out in the wilderness, and the Lord doesn't like a, a bunch of whiners, right? <laughs> um, but as I was reading the story um, recently and this morning again, uh, I think what I've come to realize is that uh, the problem the Israelites had wasn't that they were just complaining, uh, because what they were concerned was that they had a, a genuine concern, don't you think? Um, and you're, if you're out in the middle of the desert and there is no water to drink, that, that's concerning. If you don't have water, you're going to die, certainly. They're, they're afraid that they're going to die. And that, that's something uh, that I think is very real, right? A, a very genuine fear, right? Uh, and so what they do, though, is instead of trusting the one who's just rescued them. These stories, there's a few stories here where the Israelites are wondering whether they're going to die out in the wilderness. They've just been rescued in a miraculous way from uh, their place of slavery, right? They were enslaved, and they've been rescued by this wonderful God who's leading them somewhere good. He tells them, I'm going to lead you somewhere, or I'm going to set you up. I mean, we're going to be together in this wonderful place, but we need to go on a journey to get there. And on that journey, there are perils, there are dangers. And in the midst of those perils and dangers, the people don't trust the one who has rescued them. Instead, they accuse the one who rescued them and say, you're leading us in a bad place. You're taking us somewhere where there's danger. You're taking us somewhere where we're going to die. You can't save us. Maybe you could save us before, but now this is, this is too much. There's, there's no way you can do anything here. You're leading us the wrong way. Um, which is a big accusation to label against the Lord, isn't it? Um, and I think uh, what I find the most interesting, though, is the people accuse God of being a poor leader. And Moses then goes before the Lord and says, this is what's happening. The people are angry with me. They're angry with you. Um, they're so angry, they're willing to, I think they're willing to stone me, to kill me. And I found myself laughing this morning as I was reading this story, because the Lord's answer, I think, is, is kind of funny. Uh, he, Moses goes before God and he says, the people are very angry and they're willing to stone me. And then God's response is, okay, we'll get all the people who are angry with you, who want to kill you with stones, and bring them to a place um, with, it, it, with a lot of rocks and stones laying around, right? <laughs> bring them to the... Uh, let, um, he doesn't say, Moses, go, go somewhere safe. He says, I'm going to take you right to the place that's the most dangerous. I'm going to have you face certain danger and possible death, the possible death that you fear. 
Uh, it's a nice little parallel, I think, for the, the thing that the Israelites are going for, isn't it? Um, the Israelites are going through a time of testing. They're going through a time where they are fearful, fearful for their lives, fearful for what's going to happen, and they're forced to either trust the Lord or not. Uh, and so Moses is given the same task. Will he trust the Lord and go into this dangerous situation? Uh, the people want to stone me. Stand amongst the angry people with all the stones. Um, but the Lord assures him, but in that place, in that place of certain failure, certain doom, certain death, I will be standing there in the midst of the stones. <laughs> I will be standing there, and I assure you there will be rivers of life in that place. In that place that there is impossible for their life to be, I will provide it. And so I found myself thinking about um, this time of year, right? A lot of people are uh, ruminating on fear, ruminating on death, and especially coming into November here, we're all going to be ruminating on the uh, whether or not our society and our culture will be successful, <laughs> right? Whether we are heading towards a good place or whether we're heading into certain danger, doom, and failure. And there's a lot of voices that I think uh, I hear that are very much in that line where they say, is there any way, is there any hope for America? Is there any hope for us here? And maybe there's just situations in your own life where you're asking, is there any hope? Can there be life in the midst of this dismal, rocky, barren, <laughs> dry place? And this morning, I hope we can assure you and encourage you that the Lord is among us. At the end of that story, the people were asking, is the Lord among us? And the Lord says, yes. Yes, I am with you, and I am here to provide the rivers of life. Even if you're complaining, even if you don't trust me, I am still here. And so we invite you this morning, trust the Lord in those situations that you're going through. Trust the Lord in those personal battles and struggles. Trust the Lord in the bigger battles of America that we're going to be seeing coming down the line and have our sights set on Jesus. And this morning, I just want to pray over us that as we go into the valley of the shadow of death, that we would fear no evil, right? Instead, we would know and be comforted that the Lord is with us that his rod and his staff, they are hovering over us like those eagles' wings, right? The Lord is with us this morning. He's here, and he's here to provide us with those rivers of good, good life that will sustain us and keep us going through whatever there is that the, Lord, the world can throw at us, right? Is there any darkness? Is there any death? Is there anything that we can face that the Lord can't handle? I don't think so. <laughs> so, Father, we just lift you up. We lift up the situations in our lives. We lift up the, the mentalities that are so easy to have where we are fearful, where we are worried, where we are anxious, where we think, is there any hope? Lord, we rely on you. We set our sights on you. And even if it means following you into the place of certain doom, following you into the place where we're surrounded by our enemies, Jesus, we know that you will be standing there in our midst, standing there above us, in those places, standing above those uh, governmental bodies, Jesus, uh, those places where we think, could there be life there? And we say, yes, we proclaim yes in the name of Jesus, that life can be in those dead, dry places. In your name, Jesus, amen. This time, we'll have Adam and Vicki come up here, and you can...
go up there or whatever you're doing. She's going to go first? Okay. And uh, they're just back from a, a mission, extended mission, and uh, they're going to share with us from the Word and some things about that mission too and some other things too, I guess, right? <laughs> so God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, so I just had something on my heart before we share about our trip and then the message that the Lord gave Adam. Um, just, it's an encourage. First of all, I just want to thank the Lord that He has given us a free nation to live in. Amen. We have a free nation, and we just thank you, Lord, that we have a free nation, and we're trusting you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And so the Lord just put something in my heart concerning the elections, just something short. And it's something he both put in my heart and I've heard over the years is that our vote, so I want to encourage everyone, it's a responsibility, a God-given responsibility for each one of us that can vote to vote. God has given that to us as a gift in our nation. And our vote is our seed and it is our voice. It's a biblical principle of planting and reaping, right? And so our vote is our seed. And so we need to know who are the ones that God would have us vote for, right? And then as we plant that, that's our righteous seed that we plant in faith. And when we plant in faith, we can believe that the Lord will give us a good harvest, right? Also, our vote is our voice. God has given us a voice in this nation. And so don't let the enemy silence your vote for righteousness by not voting. So that's my encouragement to you today. And then before Adam comes up, there's just something. I just want to speak a blessing over us and our children. And the Lord just encouraged me with this this morning. And, and then I felt like, oh, he wants me to encourage all of you too. So I'm going to just speak this over you. Psalm 115, 14. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. In Isaiah 44, 3 and 4. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees flowing by streams. Amen. And now I pass it off to Adam. Morning, all. Uh, First slide. Yeah, so as, as, uh, as part of this body, uh, you guys have consistently sent us out to be part of a, a long-term church planning team in the Middle East. And since we've been gone for a month, we were, we're just happy to be able to share with you a little bit of what you, you've been part of. You're part of, of all of this. And so I'm just going to give a brief summary of it, and then Vicky's going to share some stories, and then I'm going to come back with a, a little bit more from the word after that. So uh, uh, our part in this long-term church planning team is to provide as many prayer teams as we can to cover 172 cities Next. in the Middle East. And uh, praise God, we were able to cover another two cities uh, of 
teams from um, people around the world. And um, even cross-cultural, it was fun to have a family from Argentina join us on one of these teams. So one fun numbers thing that happened for us is that, you know, we're uh, focused on 172 cities, and this last city was city number 72, so there's 100 to go. So um, we, we were able to briefly, uh, Vicki and I, this is well, while we were not with teams, we were able to briefly visit 10 of these cities that have not had a team yet that will in the future be getting a team just to help scout out the land and, uh, and check out those places a little bit. Um, another, as you can imagine, we live here in the US, but we're part of a team that lives in the Middle East. And so a big, an important thing that we can do while we're there is take some good time to meet with our partners and, and uh, just maintain good, strong relationships with them. So that's another important part of it. Uh, and then I think you also know this past year, the Lord has brought more prayer teams than we've ever seen to be part of this project. And so we're needing more help in the Middle East for, with, to, for people to help facilitate those teams as they come. And so we were able to meet with, with four new people that would like to uh, be part of helping with that. And um, yeah, finally, uh, Vicki and I were, uh, had been sensing for a couple of years uh, a prayer assignment that was, uh, I still, you know, sometimes the Lord asks you to do these things that you, you know you don't have the full picture on. <laughs> and this was one of those things. Uh, uh, we went to visit three ancient sites of places where at the dawn of humanity, where there were people living in cities. And, uh, and our goal in those places was, you know, one of those places was the, the former Hittite capital. Uh, and it was known as the city of a thousand gods. And so one of our uh, sense of calling on these things was to go and just simply stand in those places uh, and repent for the, the generation upon generation of idolatry that happened there and uh, just give God the, the praise that was due his name in those places. And, and um, we had some anointing oil from Arlis that Arlis had given us from Jerusalem that we were able to anoint in those places, asking the Lord to sanctify them. And, uh, and finishing in each spot with a declaration of the price is paid, the curse is broken, Jesus is king. So... Again, uh, we see just a little part of what God is doing with that. He's got more things in motion than we're aware of. But uh, I'll finish with that and let Vicki come and, come and share more. Some stories. So when we first arrived, you can go ahead with the next slide. When we first arrived in, this, in the country... We were together with our first prayer team, and on the front end of our prayer team, before we went to our city, we took the group to um, just some local sites, and on that day, they just got an introduction to the area. Well, the Lord had some divine appointments for us on that day. You see the woman in the white kneeling by us. She was our tour guide on that day, and so we were going to these ancient 
cave churches where there was paintings on the wall, and we were discussing them with her, and there was one of them that we, she just was wondering about, and so Adam showed her that story on a Bible app in her language, and she was just so amazed. She just stood there and read the whole entire story, and we found out, which is another amazing thing, that she actually knew some of our partners that used to live in her city, and they were teaching tour guides about the correct interpretation of some of these Bible stories that were on the walls of these churches. And so she said, he had offered me a Bible, but I was too shy to take it. And so we're like, well, we can send you a link so you can have the whole Bible in your language on this app. And so she was really excited to receive that. And then at the end of the day, we asked if we could pray for her. And she was so enthusiastic, she like grabbed us to put her arms around each other in a circle. And so we prayed for her, and she just really was receptive to it. And then also the bus driver got in on the prayer. And so we prayed for him, too. And when we were done, he was like, amen. And he like, went like this. Like, they often just, like, after we get done praying, like, put the prayer on themselves. It's like a way of receiving it. And so to me, that's a really prophetic act that they're doing. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that story with you from the, the beginning of our journey. And then we headed, oh, I want to just pray for her. If you can just agree with me, I'll call her Ellie, okay? And Andrew, the bus driver. Lord, we just lift up Ellie and Andrew to you, Lord. We thank you for the day we had of interacting with them and for the opportunity just to share your goodness with them and how much... You love them, Lord. I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would send along other laborers now that can um, just bring them to that place, Lord, that they'll turn their lives totally and completely over to you and follow you. And Lord, I ask that Ellie would just soak up your word, Father, as she reads it, that she just wouldn't be able to put it down, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So then we headed into our first prayer city with our team. And it almost felt like this was the first time of going to one of these cities because we had the very rare, uh, well, it was very rare that there'd be believers in a city. And we knew ahead of time there was a believer in this city and that there were, that she was pastoring the small group of believers there. And so when we first went to this city, we, we didn't know if they'd even want to meet us because having undue attention might not be helpful for them. So we planned to spend the first few days, you can go to the next slide, we planned to spend the first few days in the city, just covering the city in prayer before we attempted to make contact with this pastor. And so I just want to tell you a little bit about our prayer time before I tell you what happened next. And so we, first of all, we didn't know where we were going to stay and so we were just asking the Lord, where should we stay? And we ended up being led to a hotel that was in the middle of the city. And without our request, the manager of the hotel, or the one that was assigning us our rooms, gave us a top floor with 
picked with views of every direction of the city that were perfect for us to pray in as a team. So we had awesome times just praying, declaring the word, worshiping as we were looking out over the city. And the very first place we went to eat, we were ushered into this private dining room. And as we were eating, we noticed in their language on the wall, there was a sign that said, God will say. And we're like, oh, wow, that's a perfect start off for us to just to make faith prophetic declarations over this city. And so we just started to do that while we were in, in that dining room. So it was just, we were just encouraged how the Lord launched us off on that very first day. And then I just want to share one of the main things that the Lord led us to do in the city was to pray the shape of the cross. You could put the next slide on. And so you can see the shape of the cross. And so we prayer walked other places, but this was like what we felt like was a main assignment. And so we went to each of the uh, four points of the cross and declared the word and prayed, um, anointing, all different things that the Lord told us to do there. One of the things he told us to do was to, you can put the next slide on. He, he gave us the scripture from 2 Corinthians 2.14 that talks about being dispensers of the fragrance of God. And so we planted flower seeds at each point of the cross. In this slide, you can see us just praying at one of those points and also pouring out anointing oil from Jerusalem, which has a very fragrant smell to it. You can go to the next slide. And so as we were prayer walking toward the center of the cross, Barbara, many of you know Barbara Palmer, she was on the trip. She said to say hi and thank you for your prayers and those of you that helped send her. Anyway, she just had a spirit of travail come on her. And it may have looked odd to people around, but we just know something new was just birthed in the spirit. Just it was like, like travailing, like giving birth to a baby. You know, I mean, it was like, it was something really powerful. I wish I could, I wish I could accurately um, share with you how, yeah, just what I felt like the Lord did during that time. And then at the foot of the cross, you can go to the next one, we were like blown away that there was a statue of a lamb there. That's a lamb. Um, it's missing its tail, but it is a sheep. And one of the key verses the Lord had given us was from John 10, 16. He said, I have other sheep that are not a part of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And so it was like, oh, wow, Lord, this is so cool. And not far from there, we took communion together. And after we had taken communion together as a group, we set out uh, another cup of, of, of our juice, and we took that, we all took that together as communing together with the body of Christ that we knew that was in that city as we were praying for them. So that was like a prophetic act. You can go to the next one. And on our final morning in the city, before we met with the believers, the Lord led us to compose a blessing that we spoke over the city, and we just had a powerful time of prayer and intercession, singing the blessing song. And the Lord gave Adam a picture. I don't know if I call it a vision, but a picture of this giant, determined angel over the city with like I like something he described it. So all I can think of is like a cowboy's like lariat, if I'm pronouncing it right, where he was just like swinging it around and clearing the atmosphere. And that um, our prayers have been in part, along with you, because you're walking with us in this, 
that God was clearing away things so that the kingdom of God could advance in that city. Well, after our prayer assignment, we felt like, okay, that's come to completion. We contacted the pastor of the church, and she was, like, super enthusiastic about meeting with us. This woman is just incredibly bold. Even though they've experienced persecution, she, like, no fear of persecution, no fear of, like, being seen with us. And so on our way, as we were walking to the church, we got a call from her, and she said, I have a translator for you. And we're like, what? Like, that was one thing we were wondering, you know, how are we going to be able to really communicate deeply with just Google Translate and our, and our broken language abilities? Well, we were met by the, at the door with this woman who was a leader of a short-term team from the country. There's like a ministry in the country that sends out Bibles and also sends out Christians who can meet with people that want to meet with a Christian. And so this ministry is raising up a team of national believers to go out and help with this follow-up, which is like blew us away because in the past it's, I mean, we've only heard of foreigners doing that in the country. And so they were there at the same time. I mean, only God could have arranged that. They were totally shocked to see us. They're like, what are you guys doing here? And so we, we were able to connect together with them as well as the believers in this small church. And two of them were fluent. Well, they're, uh, these people weren't nationals, but they were fluent both in the local language and in English. And so God provided a way to really deeply communicate with them and share heart to heart. We had a totally amazing time just praying together with, oops, next picture, I'm sorry. Oh, next picture. <laughs> okay. So um, we just had an amazing time just hearing their stories, their testimonies, and then you can go to the next picture. This is a picture of the pastor, uh, kind of running short on time. But basically, she came to the Lord through a dream. The Lord gave her a dream. This man came to her in her dream and said to go to this city like two hours away and to go to uh, this church, and he gave her exact directions how to get there in the dream. And so she did that, and it was through that she came to the Lord. And so she is just a fireball for Jesus. We, we just invite your prayers for her. I'm going to call her Deborah so you have a name to attach to her. If you could just pray for her for protection, for blessing for their church as they raise the church up. We actually got to meet with them twice. Um, on one day, just an amazing time of prayer together with them, and the next day we met with them for their church service. So this was just really an awesome thing that the Lord opened up for us. And so, Lord, we just do lift up Deborah to you right now in this church in the name of Jesus. As we just have this opportunity together, Father, we ask that you would protect her and watch over her, Lord. We thank you for her boldness. Lord, we ask that you would raise up this church, Lord, that she is pastoring and that you would give her the help that she's requesting for a spirit-filled believer that prays in tongues. Lord, so I ask that you would provide that for her, Lord, and her desire that she expressed to us that she must have other cities, Lord. She must have them. She, like, just prophetically, Lord, she was just seeing um, your inheritance in those cities and her desire to share the gospel there, too. And, Lord, we just ask that you would make a way for her to be able to do that and to raise up disciples that could be a part of doing that with her in Jesus' name. Amen. So our... The second city we went to, so you can go to the next slide, 
It was smaller. We just covered a ton of ground in prayer in that city. You can go to the next slide. And we, this was our team. We had some Argentines on that team, as, long, as well as a two-year-old baby. And go to the next slide. So we were prayer walking in the city, up and down the streets. And go to the next slide. We took time just to pray at high points and declare God's word from there and to worship him. And the next slide. Then we, on one of the days, I'm just going to share one story of what happened in this city. We had the opportunity to meet a really special family there. We were thirsty as we were out prayer walking, and so we stopped in at this little shop to buy some drinks and, and struck up a conversation with the owner, who happened to live next door. And after we made our purchase, he said, well, would you stay here and have, and have coffee with us? And he pulled chairs out, so we sat down. He ran next door to ask his wife to prepare coffee for us, and he came back. The call of prayer was happening, and so he came back. And he said, well, she's praying right now. She'll get it later. And then so we said, well, we're praying too. We're in your city walking up and down the streets, praying for God to bless you, to show his salvation to the people of your city. And so he, he thanked us for that. And we continued to talk with him. And later his wife and his daughter-in-law joined us. I'll call her Mary. And when we finished up our conversation with, with them, we offered, we got, had to get ready to go, we offered to pray for them, and they said, yes, yes, that would be good, and so we prayed for them, and when I got done praying, his daughter-in-law said, what did you pray? I want to know what you prayed, and so I had never had that happen before, and so I shared with her what we had prayed, and she just like was just soaking it in. So we felt like God was like already preparing her heart. So you can pray for her. Her name is Mary. And her father-in-law, I'll call Matthew, so you can pray for him. He, th this isn't the end of the story. Just, it was, I think, maybe the next week, our partner who lives in the city went back there again and met with him. And he was totally open to sit down, to read the word together, to discuss it. And not only that, he was expressing to him just how he saw his need for repentance from wrongdoing, which was a really rare thing that our partner said they just really don't see very often in this country. And so we just pray for Andrew, Lord, in the name of Jesus, or Matthew. I'm calling him Matthew. Yes, we just pray for Matthew, Lord, that you will just um, soften his heart, Lord, that he and his whole family and his daughter-in-law, Mary, and her family, that they would all come into your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, go to the next slide. <clears throat> so, just two more stories, okay. We were driving through the countryside, praying for some of these unreached cities that Adam was telling you about, where future teams will be going, and these farmers were out in their field, and we were like, I wonder what they're doing. And so we were looking, kind of driving by slow, and they just started to beckon to us, come, come, come. And so we're like, okay. So we drove into the field, and immediately they started serving us tea and snacks. And so we just had a really sweet time with them. You can go to the next slide. And then they wanted to show us, they wanted us to participate in harvesting their grains. And so we're like, wow. We... Even as we were doing it, we were thinking, wow, Lord, this is a prophetic picture 
of us partnering, you can go to the next slide, with the people of this nation to bring in the harvest. And so we, were, we just, yeah, we, that was just so encouraging to us. And we prayed for them too. And then one final story, I don't have any picture for this one, but we were, this was just a couple days before we left the country. There was a sweet lady at the hotel where we were staying. We would be coming back to this hotel in between some of our excursions. And she, she asked us, what is your job? She had been serving us every time we were there. And so when we told her, it was like, well, we're in the country as tourists, but I don't know if I, don't know if I went on and explained more after that, but when I told her we were in the country as tourists, she just looked shocked. She goes, I thought you were ambassadors. <laughs> and to me, that, again, was just a prophetic thing that I felt she spoke out of her mouth that, yes, we are here as ambassadors. We're here as ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that as Christ's ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. And so we together, if you can join me, it says, according to that scripture, we implore you on Christ's behalf, we're speaking this to this nation, be reconciled to God. So if you could just say that with me before Adam comes up. Let's just speak that over this nation. Be reconciled to God. Amen. Now, on to Adam. All right, let's turn a little bit more to the word. And it's probably a good thing that I can't see the clock. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the strength, the eternal nature of your word. Thank you that it's a rock that we can depend on. And in this short word uh, this morning, I, wanna, uh, I want us to talk about learning how to impart a blessing. I, I think uh, in the church in general, in this generation, I think we've inherited a very watered-down version of blessing of what is a blessing and, uh, and, that, and the concept of how to and who can impart blessings. Um, I hold that we as believers are to do more than be a blessing to people, although that's certainly part of our calling. I believe that we're also supposed to speak blessing. And so that's what I'd like to talk about. Um, biblically, blessings go three directions. There's God blessing man, uh, there's, there's people blessing God, and then there's people blessing people. And of course, there is, God also blesses, you know, animals and land and, and nations and things like that. But today we're going to talk about God and people. And uh, if you look in the Old Testament, it's interesting to read through, especially in Genesis, if you read through uh, the occasions of blessing in Genesis, it's always a verbal thing. It's always uh, out loud. No, I shouldn't say always. Uh, but the cases I'm looking at, the cases we're going to talk about today, are, are verbal blessings. And often it's uh, a very intentional, specific, almost ceremonial type of an occasion. 
and it's often from one generation to the next generation. Uh, there are also numerous references in, uh, in the Bible where God, it says God blessed somebody. It doesn't specifically say that it would, there was a verbal impartation. So there's those two. But if we look at the, the first scripture here, look at these three categories just briefly. The first one is God blessing people. And uh, the first recorded words of God in the Bible are words of blessing to people. Uh, that's, how it's, that's how it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. Um, then Genesis 32 tells of uh, God blessing Jacob and in that passage, it doesn't actually, use, it doesn't actually uh, record the words that were used, but in the context of it, we understand it to be a, a verbal blessing that God gave Jacob. In Exodus 20, God told people after he gave them the Ten Commandments, he said, wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses, in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. There's that command being a, a verbal part. Uh, and then we have in the New Testament, in the book of Mark, where it says Jesus took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So that's just a few examples of that direction, God blessing people, okay? And praise God, we're recipients of that. Then we have the category of people blessing God. And I, to this day, I remember the first time I, can, I heard my grandmother while she was praying saying, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. And I thought, what? Can she really do that? Can she bless God? That feels backwards. But, but there is literally in the scripture tons of examples of people blessing the Lord. And uh, the first mention of that that I could find was in Deuteronomy 8. When you've eaten, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. So there's blessing the Lord. In Psalm 63, it says, so I will bless you as long as I live, meaning us blessing the Lord. I will lift up my hands in your name. And Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, blessed be the, Lord, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. So there's, there's lots of examples in the scripture of how we are to bless the Lord. So that's something we shouldn't neglect as well. Uh, but now we, we're moving to the point that I'd like to take more time on today, and that's people blessing people. Um, let's start with Genesis chapter 12, the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, God said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this is such an amazing scripture for so many reasons. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the early forms of the Great Commission. But uh, I want to stick to the blessing part of this right now. I will bless those who bless you. 
You know, that's based on an assumption. God was assuming that people were going to bless people. Uh, unfortunately, he also was assuming, knowing humanity, that people are going to curse people too. <laughs> unfortunately, we have not lost the skill of cursing. Uh, many of us, yes, believers too, are very skilled at cursing themselves and cursing other people. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to keep talking about the lost art of blessing, okay? Uh, I really love this next one, Genesis 47. Joseph brought his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Uh, look at the bold audacity of this man of Jacob, this refugee farmer who's brought to Egypt to, to survive a famine, and he's placed in front of the most powerful man in the world. And what does he do? This refugee shepherd blesses the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> I love it. When you know the greatness of your God and you know that you're his ambassador, you can go into any situation and you can speak blessings. Uh, later on, after Jacob and, uh, uh, Jacob and Joseph and Pharaoh, God actually established a system, a priestly system for blessings to be transmitted from people to people. He set apart the Levites and the priests, and let's read Deuteronomy 10 here. Uh, at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi, Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to minister to him, and to bless in his name to this day. So one of the roles of the priests was to bless in his name. Remember that, because we're going to come back later and talk about your role as a priest. Uh, so then, a little bit later in Numbers, when, when God instructed the priests on how to bless, uh, the words he gave them have become probably the best-known, most repeated blessing, biblical blessing of all time. And that is this. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, that's the priests, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now note from the scripture, we can't bless apart from God. We stand in partnership with God when we bless. At the beginning of that scripture, uh, it starts with God telling them, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. But at the end of it, he comes and says, when you do that, I will bless them. So there's this beautiful partnership between, uh, between man and God in this place. Um, in the New Testament, 1 Peter 3 tells us, never return evil for evil or insult for insult. But on the contrary, give a blessing. It's not just some nice advice, it's actually a biblical command. 
Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. And in Romans 12, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. So I want to draw us past this, this notion that blessing is just sort of any nice feeling that we have anything that, uh, any circumstance we have, anything we happen to like, we kind of generically label as blessing. That's more of a sense of a a blessing being a noun or an adjective. Uh, And what we're looking at here today is blessing as a verb. Blessing is something you do, something you speak, something you impart. And there's a blessing, there's a difference between us asking God to bless somebody that's, we call that intercession. There's a difference between that and us being the mouthpiece of the blessing, us being the ones who speak the blessing, the agent or the priest of the blessing, so to speak. Uh, it's kind of like this. Has God ever pulled this one on you? Um, say, that, uh, say that I know my friend Bob needs $100, and I, I pray, Lord, Please provide Bob's $100 that he needs. And the Lord says, okay, I will. Take out your wallet. Go over to Bob and give him $100. (laughs) That's not what I meant. (laughs) God ever pulled that one on you? It's happened to me many times. But uh, you literally become the answer to your own prayer, right? And it's the same principle in blessing. Uh, if you pray for, for God to impart a blessing to somebody, so if I'm praying for my, to, that God will bless my friend Bob, the Lord may well just say, okay, I will. Go over to Bob and speak a blessing over him. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing. Okay, but then how do, I, how do I actually do that? How do I get a blessing to speak over my friend Bob? Uh, Matthew 12 34 says the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So it's what's in the heart that's going to come out of the mouth. Luke 6, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So good inventory of what's in your heart is to listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That'll tell you. Uh, blessings come out of your heart, out of your mouth, but how do they get in your heart to start with, okay? Uh, Psalm 119, your word have I hidden in my heart, okay? This is where the raw material for the blessings comes from. Everything that you speak as a blessing should have its origin here. Uh, If you want to speak blessings, read the word, listen to the word, write down the word, meditate on the word, study the word. That's what gets the, the raw material for the blessings into your heart. And I want to encourage you that, that a blessing is not, not only declares the goodness of God and the favor of God upon somebody. A blessing is, is prophetic in the sense that the word, the word that you speak actually goes out ahead of that person to see that that blessing is accomplished 
to see that that blessing comes to pass. Because, you know, God created by speaking. And he gives us, he gives us his creative word as well to speak uh, for his word to come to pass. So, now you also need to actually believe that you can bless somebody. You need to know the authority that you walk in to do that. Uh, I'm just going to look at one scripture here to show you your authority in Christ to bless people. 1 Peter 2.9, and this is as you come to God through Jesus Christ. It says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you are a priest. You are one of the royal priesthood. Uh, You as a redeemed believer in Jesus are part of that. And remember that part of the role of the priest was to speak blessing. We don't much act like priests these days. (laughs) Uh, So I want to encourage you to take your place, take your position as a priest in the kingdom of God and speak blessings in the name of Jesus. Now, note that I I titled this message, Learning How to Impart a Blessing. And and a big part of that is because I'm learning. (laughs) I'm still trying to get a hold of this and incorporate it into my life. Uh, But this is where the rubber meets the road. What would I say? What do I say? How do I actually speak a blessing? And you might have more of a head start than you realized. Did you know that you've probably been speaking a blessing your whole life, even though you may not have realized it? The word goodbye actually comes from the phrase, God be with ye. That's what goodbye means. In somewhere in the late Middle Ages, it was contracted. That's just the way languages work. The phrase, God be with ye, was contracted to goodbye. Every time you said goodbye to somebody, you've been blessing them, <laughs> saying, God be with you. Uh, how about the simple phrase, God bless you? That seems almost so obvious that you should hardly talk about it, but that is a real blessing. It's more than just, uh, I hope things, you know, I hope you have a nice day. It's, that's a real blessing. Um, and then many of our prayers, we can turn into blessing. So going back to Bob again, if, um, if Bob's in a situation that, and he needs peace, I can, I can speak, I can take my prayer of peace for Bob, I can turn it into a, a blessing that I speak over him. May the peace of Christ be with you. Or if I'm a little bolder that day, I bless you with peace in Jesus' name. Uh, it just like if you have if you have money, you can bless somebody with. If you have peace, you can bless somebody with that. One of the oldest forms of blessing is that generational thing of parents to their children. Uh, so how about this? How about for your child's next birthday, you you write out a blessing and speak it over them. Um, just a few examples of, uh, of ways from the scripture that you could speak a blessing over somebody. Somebody who's lost a loved one, may the God of all comfort comfort you in all your troubles from 2 Corinthians 1. 
uh, a coworker who's having a struggling, having a hard day from Psalm 118. May the Lord be your strength and your song. Somebody who's in fear from Psalm 21. May the Lord who is your light and your salvation and your strength cause you to have no fear. Romans 15, someone in relationship stress. May the Lord give you endurance and encouragement and the mind of Christ so that you can together glorify him. Uh, Somebody who's discouraged, Romans 15, as you trust in God, may he fill you with hope and peace so that you overflow with hope. Uh, Somebody who's who's been wounded, um, Philippians 4, may the God of peace guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Uh, Vicki mentioned that in one of the cities we were in, we, based on the things that we were praying for the cities, we wrote down a blessing, and then we, we gave that to the church in that city. How, a written blessing can be a beautiful thing. How about you write out a blessing over your family or a blessing over your city? Um, this is a blessing you've probably heard before. It's credited to St. Patrick. This is a little more eloquent than I usually get, but I like it. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. And finally, uh, the end of a sermon very often is called a benediction, right? Do you know what benediction means? It means the utterance or bestowing of a blessing. So at this point, I would like to borrow something good from from the Church of England prayer book as a benediction over you. The love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go and be blessed and speak blessing. sense it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll try to be really brief. Um, I'm just sitting there and uh, Vic, Adam, you know how much I love you. So two things that I just felt I heard the Lord say so clearly and the reason I wanted to share it was because I felt the Lord said to me that there's two people within the sound, maybe they're on uh, online, but that are listening to you today. And God is saying, I I need to go with them on a trip and it will change your life. So whoever it is, I just, I speak in the name of Jesus that you go to them. I know I'm going with them and I don't know if it's one year or five years. I've told them a hundred times. And so whenever God says, it's going to happen, I know. Um, but it's somebody. I believe it's two people. And then 
So I'm going to say it first, and then I want to say it seven times together. Trinity under redemption, kingdom everywhere, Yeshua. So I want to say it seven times. Trinity under redemption, kingdom everywhere, Yeshua. 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 I think that's five. Trinity under redemption, kingdom everywhere, Yeshua. And one more time. Trinity under redemption, kingdom everywhere, Yeshua. And that is the acronym Turkey. Hallelujah. So, we've learned of the blessing. It's been brought to us. The last thing my dad said to me, we were in Sioux Falls. We were heading for Phillips, South Dakota, actually on a trip. Then Dave called and said, I think you need to come home because Dad doesn't look like Dad's going to be making it. And uh, I wasn't able to get, and we knew that I probably wouldn't get back here to see Dad, to talk to him. He was still alive when I got back, but he was not conscious. And uh, so I did talk to him on the phone, though, on the way on Interstate 29, it was, I think, on our way back. And the last thing he said to me was, bless you, Steve. A blessing's powerful. And words can be such a blessing to us. I mean, words of blessing. And that's, you know, whatever we're fathers or mothers or children or, again, we say employers, employees, teachers, students, we can bless them all. If it's there inside... And we know that authority, we speak the blessing. And it's largely through words, but like Adam said, it can be other ways. I was blessed by your teaching this morning. I was blessed by the worship this morning, and I was blessed by the people that came very early. The people that are on worship teams, they come at least by 8.30 usually. But that also includes the people in the sound booth, sound and audio and visual, but also those that I was blessed by seeing, just by seeing the people come to prepare um, the brunch or whatever we call it before the service, coffee time. All the people that 
have come, but I also am blessed by all of you, my brothers and sisters that came to worship together with me. There is a blessing in that. We bring a blessing just by our presence in that way. So anyway, now it's time to we bless the food. <laughs> we pray a blessing over the food as we eat it. And like that one kid always prays that there won't be anything bad in it that will hurt us. <laughs> Amen. So, and we will have fellowship as we have a pot blessing, we call it. <laughs> That's actually, I don't know if you saw, we put an S on there this time, pot blessings. So let's go and do that. If you would like prayer, Please come forward and we'll pray with you. And uh, we already had those blessings spoken over us, so we receive them. Amen.